Hello, my friends, it's Andy and Hedia coming to you live on this amazing Resurrection Sunday. Yes. <laughs> you know, I, I've been really practicing and saying Resurrect Ministry. Are you? And so when I went to say Resurrection Sunday, I stopped at Resurrect <laughs> Sunday. How are you, my love? How was your Easter? It was fantastic. Now, is it okay to refer to Easter, even though... I don't know. It's, it's so much just... controversy. <laughs> It's, I mean, it's hard enough for me to remember I celebrate the holiday, but now I got to call it something else. Jesus is the reason for the season. Some people, if you say Easter, they get offended. Yes. And then I had trouble thinking about what the whole week is supposed to be called because each day is symbolic. Right. So then I was calling it Passion Week because that's what Pastor Jack called it. Oh, and then there was Passover. There was Passover too. And there was and the Feast of First Fruits. There was the Feast Saturday. of Unleavened Bread. Oh, wait. The Saturday Unleavened Bread? Saturday's was... Unleavened Bread. Oh. What's Saturday? I had a whole I mean, lesson from Alejandra oh. on our last Resurrect oh. Ministry, uh, Remnant Rising. So complicated, this this season. Reason for the season. It's glorious. That's but it was amazing. I, I mean, <laughs> all the different stories. And that's the one thing you hear, you know, because we go to like three churches yes. sometimes. And then we have Bible study. But, um, you know, everybody wants to tell the story. I mean, you, you can't have this day occur without talking about what happened yeah we learned something new each time yeah but it, it is it's interesting to hear how each one of the churches go through uh the time of the you know i mean just the, the betrayal i mean if you start at the betrayal and yes. uh that that'll stop you but then going into you know the torturing and the you know nailing to the cross and uh, what happened after that? Who was there? Before I woke up this morning, I was thinking to myself, how difficult it must be for somebody like Pastor Jack, who's had to think of original sermons on this day for 32 years. Oh, 32 messages on Easter. Yes. The, the resurrection. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. And he manages to make it unique each time. I know the four years that I've seen mm -hmm. him, they've all been different. Well, he's had a lot of current history or current news subject matter to kind of throw in there well the, for him but it. i think the other ones don't necessarily do that no they just want to tell that same story yeah. well, which is an amazing story it's an amazing story but sometimes like a little something new oh i know the worship tonight or today was spectacular spectacular That's so good it was very moving uh but we're talking about calvary chapel Chino hills with jackie i'm sorry <laughs> we wanted a little bit of a rant there about our church wait a minute and i'm sure your churches are amazing too um, as long as they're teaching the Bible and not teaching some other shenanigans. Are they teaching CRT in your church? <laughs> you need to get rid of that church. All right. Resurrectministry.com. That's where I've been practicing saying resurrect singularly ministry.com. Go there. That's where you'll find all the content that we have to offer currently. And we're doing more. Yes. We're going to have and some new stuff coming up. You can always email us as too. We have new stuff coming up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Surprises. I'm very positive in the, in the one project that we were suggested for oh great can't say because if it doesn't happen then exactly then you know and please if you have any great uh easter stories we'd love to hear them things uh that happen with family friends just having a good time we'd love to hear how your easter was even if it's like about peeps or chocolate oh, the marshmallow yeah. peeps. even oh, if it's about i thought i meant i thought you meant peeps as in friends <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Hey, Rosemary, hope you had a great Resurrection Day. Yes. And and Easter, whatever you want to, whatever it is, Easter blessing, she says. So I'm sure Happy Easter is fine with her. Yes. Happy Easter. <laughs> All right. We're reading from um, Smith Wigglesworth Devotional. And today is April 17th. <clears throat> and this is about the uh, the betrayal, I think, mostly. Is it not? For the most part, I mean, it goes through the whole scripture of the uh, all the way from the Mount uh, Mountain of Gethsemane. And here we go, April seventeenth. The title is spiritual revelation. The reference is First Corinthians eleven twenty four. Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The scripture reading is Matthew twenty six twenty through fifty six. Smith says, it is a wonderful inheritance of faith to find shelter under the blood of Jesus. He took the cup, he took the bread, and he gave thanks. The very attitude of giving thanks for his shed blood, giving thanks for his broken body, overwhelms the heart. 
to think that my Lord could give thanks to his own shed blood, <clears throat> to think that my Lord could give thanks to his own broken body. Only divinity can reveal this sublime act to the heart. <clears throat> the natural man cannot receive this revelation, but the spiritual man, the man who has been created anew by faith in Christ, is open to it. The man who believes that God comes in has the eternal seed of truth and righteousness and faith born into him. From the moment that he sees the truth through faith, he is made a new creation. The flesh ceases. The spiritual man begins. One is taken off and the other is taken on until a man is in the presence of God. I believe that the Lord brings a child of faith into place of rest, into a place of rest, causes him to sit with him in heavenly places, gives him a language in the spirit and makes him know that he no longer belongs to the law of creation. Do you see the bread that re represents his broken body? The Lord knew he could not bring us any nearer to his broken body. So he took the natural elements and said, this bread represents my broken body. Now, will it ever become that body of Christ? No, never. You cannot make it so. It is full in foolishness to believe it, but I receive it as an emblem. Then I eat it. The natural leads me into the supernatural. And instantly I begin to feed on the supernatural by faith. One leads to me into the other. Jesus said, take, eat, this is my body. I have a real knowledge of Christ through this emblem. We may take from the table of the riches of his promises. The riches of heaven are before us. Fear not, only believe, for God has opened the treasures of his holy word. As the disciples were gathered together with Jesus, he took, one, he took on them and said right into their ears, one of you will betray me. Jesus knew who would betray him. They whispered to one another, who is it? None of them would re had real confidence that it would not be he. That's so sad. That is the serious part about it. They had so little confidence in their ability to face the opposition that was before them, and they had no confidence that it would not be one of them. Jesus knew. I can imagine that he had been talking to Judas many times, mm. rebuking him and telling him that his course would surely bring him to a bad end. Jesus never had told any of his, his disciples that even John, who leaned on his breast. Now, if that same spirit of keeping things secret was in any church, it would purify the church. But I fear sometimes that Satan gets the advantage and things are told before they are even known to be true. There was strife among them as to who should be the greatest. But he said, he who is the greatest among you, let him be as the younger and he who governs as he who serves. Then he, then he, the master, said, I am among you as the one who serves. He is, or he, the noblest, the purest, was the servant of all. Exercising lordship over, over another is not of God. One must learn in our hearts that fellowship, true righteousness, loving one another, and preferring one another must come into the church. Pentecost must outreach everything that ever has been, and we know it will if we are willing. Thought for today. I believe God wants to so sanctify us, so separate us, that we will have the perfection of love that will not speak ill of a brother, that we will not slander a fellow believer, whether it is true or not. Mm. You wow. took a little twist there. Yeah. Oops, sorry. Rosemary says, family and friends, Maria. Happy Easter. And Jamie. Happy Resurrection Day, Andy and Hedia. <laughs> there we go. Thank Happy you. Resurrection Day. To you both. Uh, wow, what a so, story. Um, so much there. I need you to start. Okay. I actually want to start on this. Mm-hmm. Okay, he tells us, from the moment that he sees the truth through faith, a believer, he's made a new creation. The flesh ceases, the spiritual man uh, begins, and he says, one is taken off, the other is taken on until a man is in the presence of God. Mm -hmm. The Lord brings a child to a place of rest, causing him to sit with him in heavenly places, gives him a language in the spirit, 
and makes him know that he no longer belongs to the law of creation. So I'm listening. I'm uh, very interested. The Lord's put on my heart early on about uh, demonology, uh, casting out demons. And uh, so this uh, pastor that I'm listening to, Derek Prince, who's very, very knowledgeable about demonology, says and is reminding the audience, remember, we war not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. So some people mistakenly think Satan is locked up in hell. He is not. He is the prince of the air. And actually, his kingdom is earth until Jesus takes it back. So. It, it is occurring to me that when Smith is describing this, he's basically saying, because we have that spiritual body, we all are given a language in the spirit. So we're all able to speak in what we describe as tongues, mm -hmm. but that he, we actually have the ability to see ourselves sitting in that heaven with the father and that he could speak to us. But very few of us ever experienced that. And so, and the reason I give the example of the demonology is because the more we pay attention and acknowledge the spiritual realm, the more it will edify us, bring knowledge for ourselves, And I'll, that takes me down to the very end when he talks about talking ill of the brother. That is how we experience the Holy Spirit speaking to us for us and through us for others, mm -hmm. but also to fight demons, demons in our own lives and demons in other people's lives, because that is a spiritual battle. But most of us were so stuck in what's happening on earth, our daily lives, that we never get past that in order to sit in heavenly places and ponder the heavenly things. And the, the last part where he was talking about speaking ill of a brother and not knowing a situation, again, that I think is a spiritual sickness because we're all so stuck in the flesh we see something, think something, and repeat it, not understanding necessarily the context of the spiritual battle the person's under, what uh, what spiritual sickness they may have that would require our help. Mm -hmm. And that's why we've had, like, I think, such an amazing experience in the Bible study because we're very, very, everybody there spends a lot of time in prayer and worship to be open to the spirit. And what ends up happening is God sends messages for each of us through other people because the way the gifts are to be utilized is for us to give them out. So they're not just for us. They're supposed to be for the body. The gifts are for the body of Christ, mm. which means the other limbs, which means our brothers and sisters. <laughs> wow. So much. There's so much there. Can you, you need to redo this with me because there's so much. Because I was busy thinking about, uh, not busy, but I was listening to you, but I was also thinking about when you when you shared with me what Derek Princess, Derek Princess uh, said, and that is that there was three. Yes. Three different we heavens. We have only three heavens. Right. It's the Muslims that have seven. But Christians in the biblical context only have three. God sits in the third. Uh, the, the one that's right above the earth is the first. Mm -hmm. And then the second is probably where Satan is roaming and his, and his angels, one third of the angels. Are with him there. And that was interesting. I'm not sure if it was Mark Driscoll or Pastor Jack that said that uh, he was reading the beginning uh, of Genesis and said, God created the heavens. Heavens, plural. right. So it's funny that he, they said that today in church, I think it was. It was either Mark or Pastor Jack. They're all starting to blend together. But then on um, the message you heard today, yes. talked about the three. You didn't say heaven. Well, because... God's saying we're warring, uh, Paul and Ephesians is saying we war against flesh and blood and powers of dark forces in the heavenly realm. Hmm. He's not in the satanic realm. He's not in hell. And he's not just on earth. He's in the heavenly realm. And actually Moses was uh, describing a battle where he, they were trying, the um, satanic angels were trying to steal Moses' body. And the archangel Michael had to fight uh, the satanic angels over his body because they were trying to steal it. So there's battles going on constantly. And, and so my point being is, is that if we don't pay attention to the spiritual forces, then we just keep banging our heads around going like, what's happening? Why is this happening to me? And I, it made me laugh because Pastor Jack was saying today, I've been doing this sermon. I've been you know, getting ready for Resurrection Sunday for 32 years. And he's like, nothing came against this church like this week. Oh, 
Yeah. Oh, he didn't say that in the second no, service. He, didn't. he went, oh, okay. So in the first service, <laughs> he said, we literally, he's like, I was just expecting to come to the church would have burned down when we showed up today. He's like, literally everything possible against our families, against the church itself, against people who go to the church. He's like, we were just wow. constantly attacked by satanic forces. And I, I've experienced, I think we're experiencing that a lot in our lives. And I think a lot of people are, it's just like, mm -hmm. it's one thing after another, where it's just, you're the simplest things have become difficult. And it's yeah. just like Satan pushing every button he could find uh, because he knows our weaknesses. Well, I think the devil knew what was it going to, well, he had a feeling yes. what was going to happen today. And that was the, before Jack the sun said. even came up this morning. They had 5,000 people at the church for sunrise service. You know that Satan's very angry on Resurrection Sunday. <laughs> and then every service was full. Yes. I mean, the one I was in uh, was packed. You were in first and second, and they yes. were both packed. Absolutely. Plus the the, the, the sunrise service at 5,000 people, uh, like standing in the parking lot, I heard. Yes. It was crazy. So two things. One of them is um, the reason that heaven, the, you know, heavens and multiple heavens kind of is like, it's brand new to me. I know to everybody watching, it's not brand new, but I just thought there was just heaven. And so it was actually, again, my mind being more open now than it's ever been in this, this walk uh, in my faith. Um, I, for the first time, I heard the words <laughs> of more than one heaven and it, the heavenly realm. And the, right. And, and, and it makes sense because yeah. Satan's not sitting next to God. No. Right. So God's got to have his own place. You know, and he's above the heavens, as they describe, like the throne is above the heavens. But there is the heavenly realm of, of the good people. And then there's Satan's heavenly realm. Yep. The other thing I was thinking when you're talking about these battles that are going on right now, like current, this all over the place, even the heavenly realm. <laughs> in the realm. I just thought, you know, when I first became a police officer, I think it was in my second year or something like that, somewhere and that I, I was assigned the, the busiest time of the that we have in police work, which is usually, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and a lot of Sunday. Those are those those are the days that I was working, and they're the busiest. You make the most arrests, go the most calls. Sure. So prior to me being a police officer, I'd pass through Anaheim. I mean, I'd drive around all these cities, and you never see a robbery. You never see you never see a carjacking. I mean, you might in your lifetime once like or bank twice. Bug but, detection. But you, yeah, you see nothing. <laughs> but you see nothing. Like everything seems fine. Then you become a police officer and all you're doing is dealing with the 1% of activity that's happening in the, yes. in the, in the city. And that's crime. And it's constant. And I'm going, I go, man, I never knew what was happening in these cities. I'd be going to an armed robbery. I'd go to a murder. That's, I'd go to a is that domestic violence. Heavenly realm? Yeah. Like that. Exactly. It's like, all oh, the like, what if I, nobody knows how many calls your officers that are working in your community are going to right now. They're, they're hopping. Um, going from especially on these holidays you think holidays like christmas and easter would be fantastic no mm -hmm. there's more domestic violence during these holidays because everybody gets a few too many mm -hmm. and the next thing you know they're swinging fighting. yeah and they're fighting but it's just so it's that when you said that i go man that reminds me of i had no idea what was going on in this other realm that's a great of analogy our community. that's the realm of the spiritual for most people wow. no idea the forces they're battling that their neighbors are battling. And I think that's why Smith brings in the whole slandering of your brothers and sisters is because there's this fierce battle going on against the church. The last thing we should do is be fighting one another. Mm. We should be combining forces against the evil forces that are attacking all of us. Wow. So like at the Anaheim uh, Police Department to be like a hundred off, not that many, maybe 60 officers working. And each one of, of, of us on a weekend night would go to 40 to 45 calls each in one city. Yeah. So it just tell you, I mean, but you could drive around Anaheim and not even see any of those things happen. So amazing. Um, and then there was one other part here. Hold on. I'm so sorry. Oh, the bread I wanted to talk about. Uh, we had a question about it. And now it's, of course, all those questions have been answered in all the sermons we went to. The, 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 the symbolic um the symbolism there we go the symbolism uh that what bread is it's pure and uh just like jesus yes and it's it's, it's sustained it's sustaining yeah and and it was just a perfect 
uh, representation and there couldn't have been anything better and i think the the wine speaks for itself <laughs> it's just red red but, and, and uh, it was one of the things that were looked at very highly in those days i remember at the wedding yes. they, they, when they were running out of wine they're oh my gosh it was devastating yes so apparently wine was pretty important yes. at that period of time um so that, that was cool but um i wanted to ask you about um what you think or what you know that what, how people felt when jesus said this is my body. This is my blood. Now partake and eat it. <laughs> what? 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 Well, one of I can't remember which book it is, but one of the books goes through the story of like people left in droves, mm -hmm. so creeped out by the thought that he would say that, and not realizing that for centuries that symbolism would it, again is a spiritual act that Smith is pointing out that we have the ability to have real knowledge of Christ through these what he calls emblems, which are through these symbols, through these gestures that Christ gave them to us so that we would constantly be in remembrance of him. Mm -hmm. Do this and remember me. By his stripes, we are healed. And we, I mean, I mean, it's so important. You know, some people can look at it, oh, you have these rituals or you have this thing that you guys do. But it's, it, we, we have that in everything, right? We, we, before we we play Bible a, reading we, can we, become ritualistic. Yeah, well, before we play in a baseball game, we have to practice and have to go through these same motions over and over again, so that when it counts, you can actually do it. And so, th this is nothing new. This isn't crazy. We aren't, so, you know, like Neanderthals or anything like that because we we have these rituals. It is it is the it is simply making uh, time to remember what Jesus did for us. His, yes. his broken body gave in, gave his blood, and it's just one of those things that are so important. It's important to us. It's important to go through the practice and understanding and reminder so that when it comes time, if we're ever tested, that we have such faith. Right. It and I mean, to faith, me, there, there's actually a spiritual renewal that happens from mm -hmm. communion. Um, so I know that there's other people that believe that I do, that it's actually the act creates a spiritual healing. So mm -hmm. not just a ritual and remembrance, but that there's actually healing in that remembrance. Right. What do you guys think? Do you guys have, uh, like us, we have, uh, well, not us, Hedia, uh, brought into my life the, the uh, elements. Yes. And these little plastic containers that were like, just like the ones we get at church. You almost, almost open up any drawer and you'll find. <laughs> you'll find I'm obsessed with communion. A cracker and, uh, and a wine in a little cup. <laughs> that is now, again, uh, it's, it's, it tastes a little bit like a, like a Cabernet. Yeah, at this point, they've gotten a little fermented. They started off as juice. <laughs> you can see like the little remnants in there too of the, of the grape. It's so cool. Uh, let's get to these scriptures before we go into, oh, I was going to tell you guys, hey, what is it you guys, you guys uh, partake in um, communion at home like we do? Um, I've never even thought about it. I thought you could only do it in the church. I was raised a Catholic. So that's, that's, I thought that was the only like, oh my gosh, you do that at home. Can't take the wafer. Oh, no, no. I remember the other day I couldn't find it. And so I grabbed some bread from downstairs and I there you like, go. That's what Jack says all the time. Yeah. Grab some juice and a wafer. That was awesome. Piece of bread. But uh, let us know. Do you guys do that at all? Uh, Matthew 26, 20 through 56 is the scripture. It's kind of long. Um, oh, should we put, cut this for them? So people know what scripture we're in. Oh. Sorry, somebody had asked us at some point to um, comment. Comment to <laughs> put our. Oh, you want to put it there? Okay. To put up the scripture so that everybody could see it. Okay. When evening had come, we sat down with the twelve. So this is at the the Last Supper. Sorry. Now, as they were eating, he said, "Assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me." And they were exceedingly sorrowful, and each of them began to say, "Oh my goodness, Lord, is it I?" He answered and said, he who dipped his hand with me in the dish will betray me. The son of man goes at just as it is written of him, but woe to the man. So he knew that he was going to die because it was prophesied that somebody will betray him. But woe to that man by whom the son of man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had never been born. <laughs> then Judas, who was betraying him, answered and said, Rabbi, is it I? He said to him, well, you said it. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take eat. This is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many of the remission of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine 
from now until the day I drink it with you new in my father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus said to them, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I've been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter answered and said, even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. So arrogant. Huh? <laughs> Jesus said, surely I say to you that this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. And Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with them Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, what? You couldn't watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time, he went away praying, saying, Oh, my father, this cup cannot pass from me unless I drink it. Your will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. So he left them, went away again, and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of the sinners. Rise, let us go, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. And while he was still speaking, behold, Judas, one of the twelve, with a great multitude with swords and clubs, came from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now his betrayer had given them a sign, saying, Whoever I kiss, he is the one. Seize him. Immediately he went up to Jesus and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. But Jesus said to him, Friend, why have you come? Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and took him. And suddenly one of those who were Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword, struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. But Jesus said to him, put your sword in its place for all who take the sword shall perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot now pray to my father and he will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels? How then could the scriptures be fulfilled? It must happen thus. In that hour, Jesus said to the multitudes, have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to take me? I sat daily with you, teaching in the temple, and you didn't seize me. But all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. It's so important that, you know, they didn't sneak up on him. They didn't take him by surprise. This was all part of God's plans. It was determined before the creation of the earth. Wow. All right, so let's see. Luke 2019. <laughs> Sorry. I was just doing the big one, but we did the little ones too. And he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And two other, just one verse. John 2120. Then Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following, who also had leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord, who is the one that betrays you? Luke 22, 27. For who is greater, he who sits at the table or he who serves? Is it not he who sits at the table? Yet I am among you as the one who serves. Mm. The servant leader. So important. I was gonna. I was wondering if uh, the twelve uh, disciples did they um, did they represent each one of them in a way, you know, one of us. Like, can each can each believer look at one of the twelve and find a little bit of themselves in either one or two of them? I've heard many scholars say that that you should be able to find yourself in. Oh, really? The characters of the Bible. Yes. I thought it was being so unique. <laughs> and uh, so in that case, do you have an idea who you think that you are? I mean, I wish, but I think it's obnoxious to say. The smart one? <laughs> Mine would be Simon. Paul. Oh, Paul. Paul. Possible? But the, the one of the 12. Oh. 
Well, I mean, it could be any of them. I don't, I don't think it has to be one of the oh, really? 12 disciples. Yeah. Right. I'm just talking about the 12. Simon, wasn't Simon one of the smarter ones? Simon Peter. Simon Peter. No, he was the bumbling one. Oh, I thought that was Peter. Luke Peter was Peter. the smart one. My, uh, Luke, Luke was the doctor. Ah. Uh. But I don't see as much minus in Paul because of his miraculous encounter with Christ. Hmm. And you? Probably Peter. <laughs> uh, Everybody loves Peter. Yeah, because just I just wasn't us. big. I, I mean, I'm not big. No. But everything else was probably true. <laughs> no, I, I mean, well, the, your sincerity of faith and your strength, absolutely. Mm. You, uh, as Jesus said to him, you are the rock in which I will build my church. So that's beautiful. Google critic says, my husband desperately needs prayer and his name is Ozzy and he has lost his faith. Oh, oh we will definitely, we will pray before we close out and definitely uh, mention Ozzy. That's, I started a new position serving at the church today on the new believers team. And it was so beautiful. There's hundreds of people that came up to accept Christ and uh, one mother and daughter were crying over their brother and father. And they're like, you know, they're believers, but we just wish they would walk with the Lord and please pray for them. And so I, uh, my, our heart goes out to those of you that are really struggling with that, with family members, because, you know, we, we, we worry about our spouses. We worry about our children. Uh, Jack related story. I think it was also first service uh, where he had a mom come to him who had four sons, Marines, doctors, dentists. And he's like, wow, you know, you should be really proud. And she's like, all I care about is that this last one comes to the Lord. You know, she's like, yeah, okay, great. He's the, they've done all these, you know, great things, but I just care about their salvation. I just care about whether they have eternal life. Oh, wow. And there it is in a nutshell, right? Is that we just want our kids who cares about, you know, I mean, yeah, great. We'd like them to be successful adults or what have you. But what really matters is do they have eternal security? Google critic says, just curious, what is the gift of prophecy? The reason I'm asking is because I'm considering ministry and ministry, missionary work, but I'm unsure where or what exactly. Oh, wow. Uh, that's great. It, uh, first and foremost, if you don't mind me saying, my advice would be to ask the Lord uh, because I, I personally went around doing a lot of silly things uh, before I discovered what my role was because I didn't stop to pray and wait to hear an answer from the Lord. I just kept trying to do something because I was in a work-based religion. I assumed that's what you needed to do. So it's super, super important that, you know, God's known you, created you before um, we even came to the earth, before we were in our mother's womb. He's counted the hairs on our head. He has a very, very specific purpose for you. And it is so important to hear his heart on what that is. Uh, my understanding of gift of prophecy, we are no scholars here. We're just two people following Jesus. But the gift of prophecy, uh, most importantly, is to be able to edify the body of Christ with prophetic scripture that is coming to pass from the Bible. Now, I know people have a more expanded version, but um, a, a strict interpretation is that it's using the prophecies of the Bible to edify the body of Christ of the prophecies that have been fulfilled and the prophecies that are yet to be fulfilled. There is also an understanding that some people, that people have the gift of prophecy, meaning of knowing things that God wants to edify the body with that are not necessarily written in scripture, but it's very, very important. God never contradicts himself that that prophetic word aligns with scripture. So there's a, there's a danger in, uh, in believing you have a gift of prophecy and giving a false prophecy because anybody who has a false prophecy, the Bible says, is a false teacher. It's like saying that uh, Jesus is coming on March 13th, uh, 2024. Well, I don't know if you've seen it because you've probably seen it on Facebook, just like everybody else. There's all these people who call themselves prophets and mm -hmm. they're like, I have a word for you. Somebody in the audience is struggling with grief right now. And I... That's yeah. like it just reminds me of magicians. I, I'm not a big fan. <laughs> not to put anyone down. Everybody yeah. has their own cup of tea, but I, I just yeah. think it's I really. Was a magician. Um, 
<laughs> I just think that it's important that it always aligns with scripture and it's something that edifies. It should be something that edifies the body of Christ and does not cause distress and other kinds of, you know, unnecessary trauma that may not. <laughs> Find you very charming. Why, thank you. Your husband is beyond blessed. <laughs> beyond blessed. <laughs> yes, I am. Um, I thought what really moved me today, I had tears during worship in the beginning and then I think Jack must have said something and it got me a little, you know, a little teary-eyed. But uh, then the altar call, which always gets me. And this time I was holding pretty strong. Um, and, so had a little, had a little and then uh, I, what I've never heard uh, you know, Jack Hibbs do before oh, on an altar yeah. call is stop for a second and go, you know what? I, I feel like I need to call all the men that are leaders the, the leaders of families that need to accept Jesus Christ into their heart for their for not only themselves, but for their family. So that their, your family can now begin to follow you. They're not able to follow you right now. I'm not sure of all the words that he said, because you are missing this really important thing. Yes. And that is having Jesus Christ and having the Holy Spirit within you dwell with inside you. Yeah. And he, he, he really called him out. It was very powerful. And I wish I could make it sound the way that he did. But he just said, you need to lead. You need to lead. You need to get up right now. He yeah. said, get up right now. And what? And then these men... Right. I'm getting chills right now. Look at my arms. Uh, getting chills. These men, and and no, and not like uh, wafy men, not soft men. I mean, they were they were just these men started to come up and filled the aisles. So beautiful. It was. I mean, I'm I'm going to get all emotional, but it was just fantastic. It really was. Um, and just finished off the day. Finished off for me that the, the message today it was, awesome. was was perfect, and then ended it in such a important way and that's one of the things that we do need we need men to get back to being men uh, we got, we've lost so many men because of um, comedy shows and oprah shows and magazines toxic masculinity. and yeah toxic masculinity um but uh, so so wonderful today that it Jeff really spoke to the men and uh, got them up they they moved and uh, i thought it was wonderful um anything else today from either the either one of the messages today or anything after church or any of our discussions no it was just uh it was awesome it was really great to get to pray with people and to uh stand with the with the new believers in their new walk and some of them were rededications which was great to see also and just people talking about how uh the church has brought them back to faith which is always beautiful and just his theme of, he was describing, uh, he's been on this theme uh, this week called Suddenly. And it was just so nice. Uh, I, I just, I love the theme of Suddenly because that's how I met Christ. It was, it was very sudden. But how you have to be on, you have to be able to pivot. Hmm. And that to me is his ultimate message is that as a soldier of Christ in today's age, in the end times, when this world's going this way, you need to have your armor on and you need to be able to pivot. You need to be able to not get stuck and not fall and collapse when hmm. difficulty hits you, tragedy hits you, when confusion strikes that don't let go of the rope of the Lord, like don't, don't let go of his cloak you know, and, and be able to just turn directions. And so I just love that theme of suddenly. Yeah. Jamie says. Amazing to me to reflect on how God uses even the ugliest acts of humankind, humankind like Judas's portrayal to help bring about the salvation of his people through Jesus's death. Amen. Mm. Yeah. I mean, All things work together for good. Just, just knowing that, you know, that's the tough thing about knowing what's going to happen, <laughs> knowing who's going to betray you. It's just like you're spending time with them now and before they know that they're going to betray you and you're being nice to them. And you don't know how you as the person who's going to betray them don't realize how much love Jesus has has for you. That he, he knows you're about to betray him. He knows what we're about to do. He knows we're about to fail him in some way. 
but yet he still loves us. And that's what he said to Peter. Even yeah. he's like, "Oh, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows." <laughs> you, Mister, I would die with you. And as soon as they, he was arrested, they fled. Oh my gosh! Even worse. They fled. They and were then, constantly fleeing. Yes. And then who did we have to leave it up to to find that the tomb was empty? Mary. Women. Women. <laughs> they don't give up that no. easy. No. They weren't afraid. Nope. And then I don't know. I forget which disciple that comes to the to the uh, uh, tomb. Peter and John. But it was kind of timid. Like he didn't yeah. want to look inside. What John, was it? the one John. who he, Jesus loved. <laughs> Peter, he says, basically fell in. <laughs> Wow. And then, it is amazing. But and then, as Smith mentions, but then Pentecost. Mm -hmm. Then Pentecost. So Pentecost, the fire of the Holy Spirit falls. And that's what it's like in our lives. When the Holy Spirit's fire falls on us and is in us, we should be transformed. Mm -hmm. We should be a changed creation. We should go from bumbling to disciplined, from unholy to holy, from mean and rough to kind and compassionate. That's that's the power of the Holy Spirit. This kind of reminds me of uh, Kelly, my son. Uh, he's um, 15. Mm-hmm. That, you know, he's, he's 15. He's, he's got to be cool. Yes. And he's, you know, he tries very hard. <laughs> And I see him at church. He, they were sitting in another row that separate from us today. And he's like leaning back. Oh, sorry. He's leaning back in his chair. And he's like, like, like he's asleep. This is before service started, not during service. But he's acting like he's asleep. And he walks around, you know, like this. Like, Dude. Mopey. Yeah. yeah it, it, I can't look on. like I'm interested. Yeah, I can't look like that. I like it here. <laughs> Although this is the church where he accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Yes. Walked up on an altar call. By himself. By himself. And... um and then today, sorry, I got to switch my eye. Um, after service, he posts on his Instagram, he is risen memes. Like, you, you looked like you were bored to tears and didn't want to be there. And then you're and sharing so I told what, you what, that the worship was good. And he, said, he goes, oh, the worship was really good. And it's just so funny. Like he wants, he, in his coolness, he's doing some denying. That's why I'm, that's where my point is coming. Is that even in our faith, that we, I, I know that he loves Jesus, and I, I can see by the meme, memes that he put up, that he's like, he, he was willing to put it on his Instagram, which is saying a lot for a teenager. Right. Usually they're putting other stuff up there that's not this good. <laughs> but then the denial, because he, he doesn't want to lose, lose his coolness, kind of reminds me of me now that I'm thinking about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like my faith. Like I wanted to be a Christian, but I didn't want to give up the stuff that I wanted. What a wise Oh man. my gosh, what am I talking about? I just saw myself in the mirror, the Aww. younger version of me. <laughs> With hair. Hey. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's like three shows in a row. <laughs> that I made fun of you. Yeah, you made no. fun of me. Oh, I'm whatever. sorry. I didn't mean to make Oh, whatever. Fun. No wonder we get emasculated. Is that what it's What? <laughs> Because I laughed at you having a death, that near death experience yes. every year since you were five. That's not demasculating. You're the one that had the near death experiences since you were five. So uh, that's interesting, though. You can see how easy, you can see examples of it today, right? It's not that hard, especially today, but um, we can see that. We can see where out of just out of wanting to be cool, you can deny Jesus well, through your emotions I and through your body language. People really struggle with that, mm-hmm. you know. Is and I think that's why so many churches try to make their youth groups cool, you know. Right. But they just they. But it's really hard. It's really hard to it fight. Goes so horribly wrong. I remember when Courtney was going through the, I guess, high school uh, ministry, and they would go to people's homes, uh, or they would spend time at the church. Um, and then she would tell me, she goes, Dad, you have no idea how many of these kids are going into the closet and into yeah. the janitor's closet and, and they're just making out like crazy. It's just, it's an opportunity to come make out at church. Yes. And then he goes, that leaves like four of us, 
you know, there's 30 of us and four of us are the only ones sitting in the circle oh. <laughs> reading from the Bible. And the other ones are out there doing other stuff. And, and that was her story to me. But that's... That, I've heard that. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sad. There's got to be rules. Yeah. <laughs> I have nothing else to say. That sounded very simple, didn't it? Well, I, I mean, that... it's true. Zara used to go to one um, when it was our neighborhood church where we used to live. She really liked it. She liked the kids there. Uh, but I had that same conflict. I mean, they weren't in the closets because they were all in the room. And I know that the, the youth pastor was watching over them. But they played a lot of games and they goofed around a lot. Mm -hmm. So it made me wonder how much Bible were they actually getting? Or is this just an excuse for them to come and hang out with fellow Christian kids and how many of those kids were actually Christians mm -hmm. you know what I mean so you're just like making an excuse for your kids to hang out okay you know I mean if they're going to hang out with strangers that don't whose families don't go to church well maybe it's better to hang out with kids that do go to church yeah. it, the utility of it is hard to measure outside of during church service listening to a sermon right well, just so you know, it, my oldest daughter did, was not going to Calvary Chapel at that time. It was another church in Orange County. Right. <laughs> a different church. Well, Which I, mean, I did speak just... up. I did speak up to the pastor and said, this is what I'm hearing. Oh. And he goes, oh, we'll keep an eye on it. And um, and she said that it did curtail some of the activity for them. Oh, good. <laughs> well, I mean, and like, you know, like when your daughter asked to go to church and they were going miniature golfing it's yeah. a church activity <laughs> but but you, you so you may it as a parent if they would ask to go with three of their other friends to go miniature golf you let them go yep so why not go with church friends and then hopefully find like-minded friends and develop good relationships that yep. are healthy and, and good for them at least in the one where ray who is the, my younger daughter um there is probably five chaperones at the Right. At the they don't let him place. wander off to the closet. Yeah, no. They all had to stick around and be together. <laughs> so no wandering around. Much better uh, run program. Yes. Than that and that's what's program. important, I think, to investigate as parents. Yeah. Got to be involved. Got to be involved. As Even much as they church, don't want us to. Drop yeah, them off. Schools, and... churches, parents have to be involved. Yes. Uh, these people get emboldened that uh, think that they own your children for the period of time that they were. Yeah, no, I mean, when, when we first started the church, I'm, I'm like, you know, both of us in the law enforcement background, you like see mm -hmm. the dregs of society. So I'm super paranoid. I'm like, yep. did he touch anyone? Did he talk any weird? Did he go off in a corner with anyone? Like all of the adults. Yeah. Who was the other adult? What were they doing during the time? Were they engaging in any inappropriate behavior with any of the children? Because you, I'm not the kind of parent that waits until there's this ginormous scandal and 12 kids come out complaining that they were inappropriately touched. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, oh no, if there's a problem, I want to know about it. And often, often the kids know. Yep. And if you ask the child, the child will tell you. If they feel like they're not going to get in trouble, if you ask, hey, did, did it seem like they're talking inappropriately? Did something make you uncomfortable? Um, and they'll tell you. Mm -hmm. The problem is most parents don't ask. Yep. Well, you do have to be careful on how you ask the question, uh, too, which I learned in interviewing little kids. Yes. Can't tell them, you know, did they do this thing to you in this manner? <laughs> yes. Oh, well, look, at, they did this thing. And you can tell. You can too get, leading. You get too a leading. yes to everything. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happened with the big scandal at the preschool in L.A. Oh, really? Uh, about 15 years ago. Maybe longer than that. I forgot the name of it. But um they questioned all the kids. That's where a lot of our questioning of children changed after oh. this case because they essentially convicted like five family members that oh. ran a very popular uh, preschool. preschool type of thing, you know, a daycare type of thing. Wow. And uh, it turned out that it was all a lie. Were they vindictive or are they just bad well, questioning? They just thought that they had something. Somebody said something and then from that point on, it just turned into... Wow. Um, you know, Donald Trump's a spy type of stuff. That's just like, well, Russia that, that never happened. But uh, you tell enough people and pretty soon it sounds like a big old, it, it, the president gets impeached. Same thing with these people, about four of them. That's terrible. Yeah, got convicted. All right. Well, on that happy note on this Resurrection <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> but 
um, we learn a lot uh, from these uh, people, how weak, even though they were personally in the room during miracles, when they actually were present and a part of some of the miracles, that's what the Bible tries to teach, that even them betrayed Jesus and denied Jesus. And so it's just teaching us that we have to be strong. We have to be stronger. And this is why here are all the stories. Here are all the stories of how we failed and are, are miserable human beings. Can you just, maybe this time, maybe if I put it in a manual, maybe you'll be a little bit different. Yes. I hope so. We're trying. Um, but yeah, that'll be, that'll be something else. If, you know, if, if it ever comes where it says, okay, do you believe in Jesus? And they have a, a rope and a sword. If you say yes or no. Oh, it happens all over yeah. the Middle East and Africa every day. Yeah. And there's people right now that say, I'm, I believe in Jesus. Yes. They won't give it they up. lose their life. Yep. That's the challenge. All right. So anything else, my love? That's it. We just have this one thing that we have to tell people about. Oh, it's yeah. so amazing. The cool Christian podcast network, Edify. Please uh, download it, subscribe. Everything's entirely free and it's got great content. Check it out. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. E-D-I-F-I dot app. All right, my friends, whether you're watching on Facebook, uh, YouTube, Twitter, uh, Twitch, it doesn't matter. Uh, if you're watching a replay, comment, share, subscribe, go to the podcast, subscribe. That's all that stuff. It's all free. It won't cost you anything, but it sure does us a, a great um, uh, thing. Benefit. It really helps. Yes. Yeah, benefits. A great benefit. That's the word I was looking for. Aww. Why couldn't I find it? You complete Without my you, sentences. Oh my gosh, you are amazing. I am beyond fortunate. <laughs> I'm the fortunate one, love. <laughs> All right, my friends. We love you guys. Take care. God bless.